Oh my goodness, that was that was heaping. Can you talk? Say hi, my name is Luke. I'm envisioning just a big puff come out. There, there's a notice I gave I gave the least bit of water to him. So uh, if you need water, go ahead and, and do it. He's struggling. <laughs> yeah, it's going to turn into pace, right? Yeah. You good? <laughs> so, <laughs> did you see it? So, Luke, um, how was that? Not, not good. Not good. Okay. Would, would you naturally just take flour and, and eat it like that? No. Okay. When he was, all right, I always knew. I'm gonna let you go because I'm sure you want to go rinse your mouth. Right, thank you, thank you, Luke. All right. So uh, I, I'm also told there there's some salt in uh, in, in, in a cake. So Wyatt, um, we, we got some salt for you. Now that's not terrible, right? I mean, you would naturally. Um, that's a lot of salt. Yeah. All right. All right, Wyatt. Here you go, buddy. Bob's up. He's like, that's all right. I eat, eat enough french fries all the time. It's good. All right, so you feel good? You got to take a little bit of water? Okay. Yeah. All right. That was good. That wasn't bad, right? All right, the next thing that, that a good cake needs is some butter. So, we have a spoon for you, and if you would like to, I'm not going to do it because I, I put the whole thing on there, but give a little taste of that butter and see, see what you think. What do you think? <laughs> not that bad, right? But would you, would you just take butter and, and just eat it by the bar? No, no. Some of you would. So, short story... Uh, Lily, where is Lily? She's back there. So, uh, how many of you have been to Outback before? You've been, yeah. So, they have really good butter. Uh, so, you know, you get the bread, and, and, and we're doing the, 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 the bread, and, and I look over, and she's just got her tongue inside the, the butter dish. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, that's not that bad. Now, I told you I'd give you the best one. Every cake needs sugar. some sugar. So, I'm going to let you take as much as you want of that. <laughs> Look over to the parents' side, they're like, what is wrong with you? And, uh, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. How's that? We'll just, is that good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Give that a shot. So, how, how, how was that? It was, it was okay, right? It wasn't too bad. But let me ask you, would you sit down with a bag of sugar and just... No, no. Um, and your parents probably wouldn't let you, and it probably wouldn't go over very well. Alright, now my most special volunteer here. Um, every cake needs eggs. Okay? So, um, do you want to crack it, or do you want me to crack it? You, you don't, don't crack it? you want me to get all nasty? Okay, fine. Fine. We'll, uh... So, uh, well, how, how are you feeling about this potential 
You, you, you actually tried it once? Okay. Just so you know, um, that egg has been ripening. I've had it out of the fridge for at least a couple weeks. So it, you should, it should be fine. It's warm, just kind of bottled, bottled up. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Let's hear it for all our volunteers. Thank you. We're just going to have to come back and clean it up. I didn't want to look at Jen because she was probably like, you're not going to really make anything that egg, are you? Right? So these ingredients, each one of them is used to make a cake. And there's more ingredients and probably less in some. But in general, these are the ingredients uh, that you would use to, to make a cake. Without one of these ingredients, that cake is not going to come out exactly how it's supposed to be, Right? Uh, and, and what it's supposed to be is something similar to that, something that you'd look at and you'd go, man, this, is, this cake is, is good. Now, we establish each one of these by themselves you wouldn't necessarily eat. And maybe in small doses like the sugar is not necessarily too bad. But you wouldn't do that with each one. But together, all of these ingredients, they come together and they're useful they're useful for the final product, and the final product is something that is good. This morning I want to talk to you very briefly about a boy that we find in the Bible. He's going to be in the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. And we know him as Joseph. It's not the, the Joseph in the New Testament that's married to Mary. No, this is young Joseph. You may know him from the popular story of the coat of many colors. How many have ever heard that story? Yes, if you grew up in Sunday school or a kid, you've been in Sunday school, you know of that story, right? Well, we want to take a look at the entire life of Joseph, not just one individual story. Look at the entire life of it and what we are going to come to find out. And our conclusion is going to be that our God is good. Not only is he good, but he can use all things, no matter how you and I view them, he can use them all to his glory. So we're going to pick up the story in chapter 37 in Genesis. And we're going to jump around really quickly. Um, and we're not quite there yet. Uh, kind sir up in the, the cave. Why don't you back up one? There you go. I told him, I said, don't get ahead of me. That's all right. That's all right. Sometimes he falls. Yeah, I know, right? Should have made him get the egg. Yeah, I should have. We're going to be in chapter 37 to start. Um, and we're, we're going to make our way all the way through to Genesis chapter 50. And what we find out is in, in chapter 37, we find out that Joseph is having some dreams. And you remember this story, right? He has some dreams about bales of hay, and, 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 and he has some dreams about these stars. And what we come to find out is these stars, these bales of hay, are all bowing down to his star and his bale of hay. And what we, what we know and what we come to a conclusion is that, these, that they're all uh, representing his brothers. He had a lot of brothers. Joseph was the youngest, so it doesn't quite make sense that they're all bowing down to him. But he goes and he tells his brothers, which doesn't make a lick of sense, because they get absolutely angry. They're, they're jealous of him, and so what do they do? They say, let's, let's kill him. Let's take him out. Of course, Reuben being the oldest, he says, let's, let's not do that. But what we can do is we can throw him into a pit. So they take him, they chuck him in this pit. The pit is empty. It's an old well, had no water in it. It's empty and desolate, dark, cold, scary, I'm sure, probably downright depressing. Yet this is one of the very first ingredients that we see in Joseph's life. This ingredient didn't make sense to him. 
On his own, there was nothing good about it. How could he be sitting in a pit and looking around and going, oh yeah, this is, this is pretty good. He's all alone. He's in a, he's, it's cold. It's dark. Thankfully, he doesn't get left there. He gets rescued. He gets pulled out of the pit. And now Genesis 37, 28, what do we see? So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels. So he gets rescued, but he gets sold into slavery. This is the ingredient number two in this young boy's life. I mean, things aren't making sense. But what we come to find out is the slavery ended up taking him to a land called Egypt. A familiar place to you and I if we have followed uh, the history of Israel and their own enslavement. And that enslavement began with Joseph. So now he's in Egypt. He's serving an Egyptian officer. And that officer is, is serving the king. And so Joseph does all the right things. He works hard. He, he's faithful. He's making good decisions. Yet he gets falsely accused of a crime. And he gets thrown into prison. <coughs> Ingredient number three in this young man's life. I mean, his life starts out great. He's the favorite son. He has all that he could ever have and need and want, yet he gets thrown into a pit. From the pit, he gets pulled out and, and pawned off into slavery and ultimately gets thrown into prison. The ingredients of his life at this point are bitter. They're, they're, they're not, by themselves, they're, they're not good. They seem to only bring heartache. They only seem to bring pain. Yet his story is not over. We go on in chapter 40 and we find out he's in prison, yes. But he's doing well in prison, as well as you could possibly do in prison. He's making friends in there, right? He's, he's rising to the top. They give him responsibilities in prison. And then the cupbearer of the king needs some help. Joseph helps him out. And the, the, the cupbearer is about to get out of prison. And so he, he says to the cupbearer, hey, do me a favor. When you get out of here, you tell the king about me. Remember me, please remember me. However, the cupbearer gets out of prison, and guess what he doesn't do? He doesn't remember him. For two years, he is in prison. For two years, sitting there and wondering. It's hard to believe, right? When we think of the life of Joseph, we think, oh, well, things kind of happened very quickly. Yet, two years, he was in there waiting, being faithful during that time. Even though it was very difficult. Even though the ingredients of his life didn't seem to make any sort of sense. Yet he remains faithful. We find in chapter 41 that now Pharaoh, the king, the leader of all of Egypt, he has this dream. He's disturbed by the dream. He doesn't know what it means. He asks others. They have no clue what it means. Then all of a sudden the cupbearer remembers. Two years later he remembers. Oh yeah, there's this Hebrew boy. Nice boy. He was a great boy in prison. And he helped me. He did the same thing for me. So I am sure that he can help you out. So what does Pharaoh do? He goes and he pulls him out of prison. And he, and he, and he says to Joseph, hey man, I need your help. Can you do this for me? Can you help me out? And, and look at what he tells him in verse 16 of chapter 41. He says, now I can't do it. But God can. Isn't that interesting? Joseph is willing to give credit where credit is due. But it wasn't him. It was through God's power. He told essentially the same thing to the, the, the people in prison. Right? He said, no, no, it's, it's, it's God. And even though the ingredients of his life so far were not good on their own, they, they simply caused pain and agony. And not just to him, by the way, but to his family. His father thought he was dead. Joseph is still willing to be faithful. Still willing to give credit to God. And so what does he do? He does. He interprets a dream under God's power. And of course, you know the story that that dream that he interprets 
Uh, it saved Egypt from a famine that would have wiped them off the map. And so now, at the end of chapter 41, we see that he's put in charge of all of Egypt. Look at uh, Genesis 41, verses 40 through 44. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all the people should submit to your orders only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. He's second in command. So Pharaoh says this to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land. Then what does he do? He takes his signet ring from his finger, puts it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine robes of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck. Then he had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. People shouted, make way. Everybody looked at Joseph now. They're all looking at him to, to make the decisions. Pharaoh says, look, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you my ring, my robe, my necklace, which, by the way, is symbolic for a transfer of royal authority. I mean, Joseph is his top dog. Now, isn't that the kind of ingredient that we want in our lives? I mean, it's the kind of ingredient that we want that tastes good no matter what the situation but what we fail to realize is this was all part of the process. It was all part of the journey that Joseph was on. But see, the journey wasn't just for Joseph. See, you and I, we get so concerned with just what we feel. Just our lives. How is this affecting me? Why is everything happening to me? And we fail to realize there are bigger things going on all around us. Our God truly is a good God, a great God. He's in control. He is sovereign. But so many times, we cannot see His plan, can we? So many times we think, man, I, I, not only can I not see your plan, I just I don't understand it. And, and, and you start to question. But none of what we think or feel changes the fact that God does have a plan and that He will carry it through. Nothing changes that. It still remains true. I want you to think about it. Put it all together. The ingredients of Joseph's life... They were hard to swallow. He starts life right as, as the favorite son. Uh, because of his jealousy of his brothers, he's thrown into a pit. He's got to be thinking, God, why? What, why am I here? What, what, what am I doing here? What have I done so wrong? And then his life gets uh, spared. He gets pulled out of that pit and pawned off into slavery, ultimately into prison. And so he's, he's in a pit. He's in prison. I mean, the ingredients of his life are horrible. I mean, how can they be good? I probably would have been thinking... God, this is way too much. I cannot handle it. After all, what you and I know is we know what the Bible speaks about, right? That verse it speaks about how good God is. and Things should be working out uh, for good. But things were rough for Joseph. He had, he had been through a lot, yet Joseph remained faithful in all. And of course, God remained faithful. And ultimately, what we find out is that Joseph goes from a pit and finally to the palace. He's second in command. People answer to him. He controls everything. I mean, who would have thought from the very beginning, from the first ingredients, that his life would have ended up that way? And, and how? How did it end up that way? It happened because God is a good God. It happened because our God is amazing and good. We know that throughout the Bible. Jesus said it himself while he was here. He says that in the Gospels, there is no one good but God. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 107 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 149, the Lord is good to all. Man, 17, the Lord is good. You and I know this. But let me ask you this. Is God good just because Joseph ended up in a palace? 
Is he good just because now all of a sudden he's the man, everybody looks to him, he's got that ring that, that, that people are going to kiss, he's got the robe, he's looking good. Is he good just because suddenly in the eyes of the world he has got it all? He could have anything he wants, is that the reason why God is good? See, what we need to understand and realize is that God is good no matter what. That God is good no matter what. God was good when he was in the pit. His current, Joseph's current situation did not make God any less good. God was good when Joseph was thrown into prison and forgotten about for years. And I want you to get this. Understand this. Our circumstances do not define how good our God is. Did, did you catch that? Our circumstances do not define how good our God is. So the question remains. So what does? Well, there was a reason that Joseph was in the position he was in, right? The nation of Israel was literally nothing at this point. They were simply a family. And God had big plans. He had chosen that nation. And yet they were about to be wiped off the map, along with many, many other people. People were going to die because of this famine. And a lot of people did die because of that famine. God raised up Joseph and used him. To prepare people for the famine. But he wasn't preparing Israel. He was preparing Egypt. They had all the food. Guess who came knocking at the door for food? His brothers. It was his brothers. Guess who came before Joseph and bowed down to him because he was in a higher position than them? It was his brothers. See, God had Joseph in the right place at the right time. Yet the pit, it was horrible. There's nothing good inside that pit. Yet it was the exact right place for Joseph. Even though it was painful, even though it was dark and lonely, that was exactly where he was supposed to be at that time. Without the pit, he would have never been sold into slavery. And then without being sold into slavery, how is he going to end up getting to Egypt? See, each step along the way... God was working each step along the way. The ingredients of his life, he's working them as terrible as they may have been in and of themselves. All the ingredients were useful. Without all of the ingredients, the end result would have never happened. I wonder, have you ever been in a pit? Have you ever been in a place where you just feel like, man... Life is really, really hard right now. It's so dark in here. I don't know what to do. God, why am I in this pit? What's happening to me? You may be there right now. You may be in a pit, pit financially. And you may be thinking, man, there's no way out of this. I, 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 can't, I can't figure it out. Relationally, you may be in a pit. Physically, things might be going on. Some, maybe something from your past. And you're thinking, what in the world? How is any of that good? How is it good for me? What about me? How can this dark, cold, nasty place be good for me? Well, I hate to tell you and be the bearer of bad news. But this life is not all about me. It's not all about you. How selfish am I when I look at my situation? I go, God, ah, show me. How is it good for me? Woe is me because this happened. And it happens because it happens to me. I do it all the time. I don't know about you, but I throw some awesome pity parties. Y'all should come sometime. <laughs> don't we do that? We, and, and, and what happens when we throw those pity parties and we think just about ourselves and, oh, well, how is it good for me? Me, 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 me. All of a sudden, 
Our eyes are not where they're supposed to be. Our eyes are on our current circumstances when they should be on the one who is in control of that circumstance. Is that situation that you're in currently or the one that you've been through or the one that you may face, is it going to be good just in and of itself? Maybe not. Probably not. Much like Luke can tell us. Much like the flower. <laughs> Why would you sit down and eat flour? You wouldn't. You wouldn't chug eggs. It doesn't make any sense. It's not good in and of itself unless we mix it into something. So what makes us think that the current situation that we're going through or we've been in is good? Here's what I want you to understand. It's good because God is still working. I want you to know this. Philippians uh, chapter 1 verse 6. It says this. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, God had a plan. God had a plan for Joseph's life. He had been working in him. And God was going to bring that through to completion. And by the way, not for Joseph's glory. Not to stroke Joseph's ego. It wasn't for him, but it was for the glory of God. We've got to understand that this life is not all about us. It's about him and his plan. And guess what? Joseph did recognize that. He may not have recognized it all the way. I'm not telling you he sat in that pit and was like, oh, this pit's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's not bad. And then he got moved up to prison. He's like, oh, you know, I mean, you can do a little, a little bit with the walls, maybe put some, some drapes up. I mean, he's not sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, this is all really awesome. But eventually he gets there and he sees it. Look into chapter 50, verses 18 through 20. And what we find is this. His brothers are before him. They're scared of what Joseph's going to do and what they deserve, and they don't deserve anything. Joseph, I don't know how he does it, through the power of God, verse 20, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to, to preserve many people alive. My friends, our God is a good God. If you are a believer with us this morning, I want you to know that God is working through all things. That verse that we've been alluding to is Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, right? All things God works for good. Those who love him have been called according to his purpose. See, God is working in all things. It takes the entire recipe. It takes all the ingredients of life to get to that good. And when we get to that good, we realize that good wasn't just simply for us. It was for his glory. See, it's done for his purpose and his purpose for you. If, if we went further on in this chapter, in chapter eight, we find out what our purpose is. And it's to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That you may be justified and ultimately one day stand before him completely glorified. So let's not think that we are number one in all things and be reminded that God has a purpose. It's a good purpose and it's for his glory. You know this verse, Romans 8, 28. That good, it means that it's useful. You may look at it and go, oh man, how can that be good? Well, it's useful. Everything that God allows in your life, he can and will use for the benefit of his people, for the glory of his name. And God still has work left to do in and through your life. And so rest assured this morning that he will continue it. He will continue that work and it will be useful for the kingdom of God. So there's two things this morning as we wrap up. There's two things that I want you to get. First, I want you to be encouraged. 
I hope you're encouraged today as you've heard the story of Joseph and you've heard about those, the terrible ingredients of his life that come out to be good. Why? Because God is at work. I, I want you to be encouraged that we serve a good God. Don't we? I mean, we serve an amazing God and, 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 and he is in control. There's, that we, can't, we don't have to sit back and go, oh God, what's, what's happening? What's going on? Because we know that he is sovereign. So I want you to be encouraged today, but we also need to be challenged. Because each one of us need to be challenged to be remain faithful throughout all of the ingredients of life. You may get thrown a cup of flour, and you're eating that flour, you're like, man, this is the worst thing I've ever had. How in the world? Well, how is God going to use this? I don't know how he's going to use it in your life. But I do know, I do know that it's useful. That God's going to use all of the ingredients to, 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 to make this recipe. And, and the end of that is going to be so good. And you and I need to be remain faithful. You may be in a pit or in prison for years. And you're just questioning God. Why, 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 why? And God says, I'm, I'm in control. I'm working on your life. I have a plan. I have a plan that will ultimately work for your benefit. And more importantly, for my glory. I can use all of it. So my hope today is we are encouraged by what we hear, by what we read, by what we know about our God through Scripture, but also that we are challenged. Remain faithful in all things, no matter what the ingredient. Will you pray with me? Our God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, that we can look into for, uh, for encouragement. Lord, that we can be challenged as your word is a mirror and it shows us the places that we fall short. And, and Lord, we do. We fall short each and every day of our lives, Father. And, and, and there are things that will happen in our life that we're like, man, what in the world is going on? I don't know. I don't know what God is doing. And, and the challenge is to not be self-centered. And that's such a hard thing to do. But Father, I pray for each one in this room that we will be encouraged today by how great and how good you are, Lord. But we will be challenged to live differently, walk out these doors and be changed, Father. That we understand we need to be, remain faithful. It's easy to remain faithful in the good times, but how about in the times that are not so good? Lord, we know that you're working. We thank you that we can rely on you uh, for all things. And so, Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful for this VBS program that we're talking about this morning, that, that the entire week... Our children are going to be learning about how good you are. Father, we can't hear that enough. So, Lord, I, I pray your blessing upon this VBS program. Uh, even though it's months away, Lord, there is much to be done. Lord, I pray that today maybe uh, you're tugging at someone's heart to, 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 uh, to volunteer in some sort of way. Father, they will see children come to know you. Lord, it's, it's just an exciting time. And so, Lord, we leave it at your feet. We thank you for what you've done here this morning, and we look forward to just hearing a, uh, just a, a, a brief uh, um, bit about what BBS is going to look like this year. I thank you so much for Janet and her heart, uh, and I just pray for her as she comes, as she just shares a little bit more. Uh, we just thank you for all this in your name. Amen. So what we're going to do um, is uh, we're going to show a uh, brief video that is going to give you an idea of what our... Um, what our VBS is going